0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host Joe Fan. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Debo Samuel's brother's favorite football podcast. That's right. I'm joined by absolutely no one on this week's episode of the show. That's right. Mike bailed on me. He's not here to be a part of the biggest show of the year, the annual Uh, average Joe NFL mock draft. Uh, I'm I'm kidding, obviously, Mike's not here. He had some uh, last-minute work-related things that he had to tend to, so no worries there. But, I, I mean, there is worries for him. He's missing out on me being one of the best mock drafters probably in the history of the NFL. And I don't know how I did last year when it comes to mock drafts, but... I remember two years ago, the first mock draft that I did on this podcast, and it's hard to believe (laughs) we're at mock draft number three here on the Average Joe Football Show. Um, But the last, like two years ago when I did my first mock draft, I do remember, and this is something that I will remember for, I don't know, the rest of my life. uh, I, uh, I actually had a more accurate mock draft than Daniel Jeremiah. So, for those of you that don't know who Daniel Jeremiah is, he is the lead draft analyst on NFL Network, and, you know, I just went out and completely embarrassed that guy. My first ever year doing this, one of my first ever shows, I started this show right before that draft. What do I do? I come out, and I put the world on notice. I put Daniel Jeremiah on notice, and I say, hey, look at me, okay, I'm the captain now. And that's exactly what I did with my first mock draft. Now, last year, how did I do? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Because once you beat Daniel Jeremiah in a mock draft competition, which it is a competition, why else do we do these mock drafts Is not for competition? Uh, you know, there's nothing else to prove once you've beaten Daniel Jeremiah. And that's, I think, kind of the reason why I didn't even keep track of how, of how much better I probably did than Daniel Jeremiah last year. Because it's not important, Um, but a little bit of a uh, chaotic start to this week's episode. I have nobody to rein me in. I have nobody to hold me back. It's just me, all by myself. I don't remember the last time it's been just me on the podcast. This is how things started. We're back to it. I'm back in my bedroom where we originally recorded, uh, where we, and by we I mean me, uh, recorded the first few episodes. Um, because my former podcast room is is not available at this moment, being renovated. Um, so you know, it's really just a throwback. It really feels like regression. Honestly, it feels like I'm moving in reverse. I'm back to the beginning. I've started to rebuild, and I have now completely had to re-rebuild, and basically the Miami Dolphins. Um, but uh, no, we're gonna get into my annual mock draft I only release one every year and here it is it's uh, not another NFL mock draft um, but before we do that I did mention Tyquan Samuel who is Debo Samuel's brother um, and before we get in the mock draft I figure we could really qu- quickly talk and by we again I mean me and you guys could listen to me talk about um, Debo Samuel Debo Samuel the wide receiver for the san francisco 49ers um he has officially requested a trade this is something that mike brought up a couple weeks ago on the podcast basically you know just just saying that it's something to keep an eye on uh with debo samuel not reporting to camp or to um not camp but the the um mandatory workouts the voluntary workouts And again, they're not mandatory, but I think a lot of times players do use statements uh, or do use that as, you know, a way to make a statement. And I think that's what Debo Samuel and a lot of the other receivers are doing. A.J. Brown has done it. Um, D.K. Metcalf, I believe, is also doing it. All those, uh, you know, receivers that were not drafted in the first round um, a couple of years back that are now looking for that new contract. Debo Samuel, however, he has demanded a trade. And it's a really weird situation because it's not a situation where Oh, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Apparently. And again, we don't know anything behind the scenes. And Debo Samuel did tweet something along those lines. Like, the only person, the only people that know the truth is me and the 49ers and my agent. And that's 100% true. We don't know the truth uh, about what's going on, really. And it's very confusing. It's very confusing because apparently, you know, there are reports that San Francisco 49ers are, are willing to pay Debo Samuel. But he doesn't even want to talk about a contract negotiation there's rumors that he just does not want to play in San Francisco and then it it kind of brings the question up why does he not want to play in San Francisco and I think a lot of people are trying to figure that out right now some people think it's you know this is something as simple as the state income tax California has really high state income tax or uh, the um yeah the state income tax places like Florida places like Texas do not have I think Arizona as well do not have state income tax so that could be part of it which seems crazy but listen money is important to a lot of these players but a lot of people say that it's not even it's not even contract related it's not money related he just doesn't want to be there his relationship with kyle shanahan has has frayed and a lot of rumors that he doesn't want to be used as uh this sort of in between running back wide receiver type of player that he was used last year which is interesting because that's exactly what makes him so valuable I think that's exactly what would make teams want to trade for Debo Samuel. And it's, and it, it, it's that, that interesting dynamic where it's like the very thing that would make him so valuable is potentially the thing that he doesn't want to even bring to the table with his next team. I think that brings kind of an interesting scenario for the team that trades for him. And, and maybe this is not true. Maybe he's okay with, with playing running back. Uh, and wide receiver part time position you know you know what he's been doing the last you know year I guess he didn't really do it any other year and this is definitely an interesting uh, thing to keep an eye on and I hope, I hope he does not get traded before this episode releases because I have a mock draft and if he does get traded he's probably going to get traded for a first round pick this year or more most likely more and a lot of the teams that are in on him are teams like the New York Jets teams like the Green Bay Packers, teams like the Detroit Lions, teams with and I believe the Kansas City Chiefs were mentioned as well, teams with needs at wide receiver. And I if, if I had to guess, the New York Jets do make a lot of a lot of sense. And and it's because the New York Jets were the sa- were the same team that were really in on going and getting Tyreek Hill just a few just a few weeks ago before the Dolphins came in and kind of stole Tyreek Hill from the New York Jets. You can tell they're, they're in on getting a receiver. And if I had to guess, I would say, you know, that makes the most sense to me is to have Debo Samuel go to, you know, the New York Jets where their system is essentially the exact same system as what we saw in San Francisco. But again, that could also bring up an interesting question. Does Debo Samuel want to play for a system that's exactly the same? You know, you have Robert Sala there who was the defensive coordinator in um, San Francisco when Debo Samuel was drafted. And then you have, um, what's his name? The uh, Mike LaFleur, the brother of Matt LaFleur, who came also from San Francisco. He was the offensive coordinator there. So very similar San Francisco ties. Does he want to go to a place that has San Francisco ties? We know he has a really close relationship with the Dolphins head coach, Mike McDaniel. He's been seen out, you know, trying to, not trying to. He was out... um, for breakfast with him at one point, and he hangs out and he loves Mike McDaniel. That's like his favorite coach, and he he said a lot of really really good things about head coach Mike McDaniel. So it's interesting, you know. There are you can obviously see there there are coaches within that system that he did appreciate and he did love, and he, I know he, he loves Wes Welker as well, who's in Miami. And then that brings up Dolphins fans saying, "Oh, we should trade for Debo Samuel," and that makes no sense whatsoever. To me, I'm sorry, Dolphins saying, listen, Debo Samuel is an awesome player, but it makes no sense. I mean, to pay $30 million for two, like you know, or th- each for two wide receivers, it just makes absolutely no sense. But if I had to guess where Debo Samuel will go, I would say it will probably be to the New York Jets. When it will happen, now, your guess is as good as mine. I'm not totally sure. I, I, it's, it's, it's right up against the draft. So if it's going to happen, it's probably going to happen right before the draft, if not during the draft. When the commissioner goes up there for the pick, we might see, hey, the Jets with their, um, with their tenth pick or their, you know, they have a pick at four. Maybe they trade that fourth pick. I, I doubt. I, I think it would be the second first round pick that probably would get traded. That's kind of the one where a lot of people think the Jets will go wide receiver. So it makes sense if that that would be the the, the trade that happens is the Jets trade that that number ten overall pick and then probably a little bit more. For Debo Samuel, but we'll just have to we'll just have to wait and see. And to me, I, I I'm kind of I like Debo Samuel. I'm not like incredibly high on Debo Samuel, but I I do think that he is uh he he's he's a really good receiver. He was an All Pro last year, and he was he's so dynamic. He was one of the most exciting players in the NFL last year. The thing that would just kind of scare me off is before last year, he struggled to stay healthy. He he you know he struggled to stay on the field. He's 26 years old, so he's still pretty young. He's not quite as young as i thought he was but uh you know he's still he's still a really really good receiver and i think you know even if he does not want to play running back uh on his next team, i still think he is a very valuable receiver and then if he goes to a team like the jets or the Packers or the or the lions or or what it, or one of these teams the chiefs he immediately becomes the number one receiver on that team so it'll definitely be something to keep an eye on especially around draft time but speaking of draft time, why don't we Not beat around the bush anymore. Uh, Just get straight to the greatest NFL mock draft of all time. That's right. This is the greatest one of all time. I'm calling it. It's better than the one. Well, okay. I'm not going to say it's better than the one where I beat Daniel Jeremiah. I think that's like the seventh or eighth time I've said Daniel Jeremiah's name in this this podcast so far. I'm just going to start calling people in the draft uh, space. Just call them out and see if that can get me any more clout as they say nowadays but without further ado why don't we get into my first round mock draft and a little just a little talk about this draft in general um i love the nfl draft it's a very exciting time uh and this this draft this year i've kind of been a little behind it's my first year where i have like uh, a son that's moving around like last year my son was born during i think the th- the third round third or you know th- day three no so that would be the fourth round. i think he was born during day three of the nfl draft so i did get to watch the first uh two days of the nfl draft uh but this is the first year where i have a son that's kind of like moving around and you know just creating chaos so it's it's a busy time in my life and a lot of, lots of, lot of stuff going on. So I had to p- kind of play catch up with this draft. And, and I've done a lot of grinding on this draft, watching tape and, and, and listening to other people's opinions and informing my own opinions. Uh, and I think this is an int- int- a very interesting draft. And I think every draft is interesting. And I think a lot of people uh, seem to believe that this draft, you know, the talent is maybe not as high as some previous drafts. Certainly the quarterback talent not nearly as high as as we've seen in other years and uh, and I think that is the case however I think there's still a lot of really fun players a lot of really cool players And I think there's some deep positions in this draft and I think the lack of real quarterbacks I think or not real quarterbacks I still think there will be quarterbacks that go in the first round some people seem to think that there's gonna be no quarterbacks some people seem to think that there's going to be five quarterbacks taken in the first round. It's it's really, and that's that brings me to kind of my next point. It's nobody has any idea with this draft, and it, it's so interesting. This is the first draft in a, in a long while where everything, everything, including the number one overall pick, which is almost never a secret in the NFL, everything seems up in the air. And I think that's what makes this draft so interesting. And I and I think I make kind of a a bold pick at number one, kind of a bold pick. I mean, this, this pick has been kind of um, foreshadowed for a while uh, in the NFL uh, news cycle, but it, it, it's just interesting that even the number one pick and, and especially everything after that is just, nobody knows, nobody knows, nobody can get a consensus. You talk, you, you listen to one podcast and somebody says, yes, no quarterbacks are going. And then another podcast and they're saying, yes, Carolina's taking a quarterback and then we're going to see guys trade up quarterbacks and there's being quarterbacks, quarterbacks. And it's just like, nobody can, nobody can, can, can come to a consensus on this draft. And I think that's, that makes this draft really interesting. And I think there's going to be a ton of surprises. And and I've, I've read a lot of, read and listened to a lot of things that, that say that, you know, even, even like you go online and, and you look up PFF or, or or the draft network or nfl.com and you look at their like top 50 players you look at their big boards and and they're very different from what nfl teams have and and a lot more different than even usual uh than than we usually have during the draft so a very interesting time ahead I'm very excited for the draft it's it's this Thursday you guys are listening to this on hopefully Monday when i upload it um but yeah the it's draft week the draft week is finally here Um, So why don't we just get into the Average Joe 2022 NFL Mock Draft, baby. With the first pick in the 2022 Average Joe NFL Mock Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher from the University of Georgia that's right Trayvon Walker not Aiden Hutchinson as we've been seeing uh, for months now really since the season ended not you know one of these offensive tackles because the Jags brought back Cam Robinson Uh, they seem to be okay going forward at the tackle position but instead they go Trayvon Walker who is a guy who's been rising like crazy lately he's a guy who nobody really even heard of going first overall until very recently. the last couple of weeks, it's picked up a lot of steam. And the reason I have them taking Trayvon Walker and not Aiden Hutchinson is not because it's what I would do. I would not do that. I would take Aiden Hutchinson with this pick uh, and, and just, you know, take the best player in the draft, in my opinion. And we'll get into Aiden Hutchinson. Spoiler, not too long from now. But um, the Jags seem to be, uh, you know, not... Convince, maybe not convinced is not the right word but they're not set on what their first overall pick is and to me that speaks volumes and that to me lets me know if they're undecided there's a really good chance that this is going to be Trayvon Walker and it seems really to be between Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson at this point Trayvon Walker for those of you guys that don't know he is an edge rusher uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs uh, that incredible Georgia defense and the big thing with him is is he is a guy who is um built he's built like you want an edge rusher in the NFL. He is a guy, he's 6'5", 272. He's a, he's really an a- athletic freak. He's got he's a speed rusher. He's got all the tools anything you could really want for an NFL pass rusher. The problem is he doesn't have the production uh, of a, of an NF uh, of a a number one pick. I believe he's got something like nine sacks in his and in his college football career. So he just he doesn't have the production that you would want from a number one overall pick. And um, why are, do do the Jags go here? Well, um, to me, unconventional organizations do unconventional things. if it was me, it would be quite obvious. Aiden Hutchinson is the number one overall pick, but. There are um, underlying factors within the Jacksonville Jaguars organization that I think will will decide um, will decide to take Trayvon Walker, and then they'll they'll take the project. They'll take the guy who probably has a higher ceiling than than Aiden Hutchinson. Probably has one of the highest ceilings in the NFL, but he's he's gonna take time to develop. And um, the general manager currently. For the the Jacksonville Jaguars, whose name I'm somehow blanking on. I don't even understand. He used to be the general manager for the san francisco forty ers It was him and Jim Harbaugh that had all that beef back in the day. and it was the reason why Jim Harbaugh was eventually let go as the san francisco forty nineers um, head coach. Um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of beef there. And a lot of people say that could be a reason why Aiden Hutchinson isn't taken. And then people are like, oh, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Well, that would never happen. They would never be that petty. I was like, would they not be that petty? I think they would be that petty because NFL NFL people are that petty. And, and the, the Jacksonville Jaguars are not the most soundly run organization. So, again, I'm not saying this is a bad pick, but it's an unconventional pick. Trayvon Walker, two the jacksonville jaguars who are picking number one for the second straight year and then with the number two pick in the 2022 nfl average i'm not going to say this every time the number two pick is aiden hutchinson to the detroit lions and this is a pick that i really want to see happen and this is maybe part of the reason why i put trayvon walker um at at uh at number one. And it's just because I want to see Aiden Hutchinson go to the, the Detroit lions. He's a Michigan born and raised kid, uh, plays for Michigan. Just, you know, dominates there as last year, uh, is a Heisman finalist, um, takes his team to the college football playoff. And, you know, and I think Aiden Hutchinson, we're so late in this draft process now that I think people get bored. And I think we've gone to a point now where, where people are, are kind of bored about talking about Aiden Hutchinson, and they've kind of gotten to the point where like, oh, Aiden Hutchinson is not actually that good. And I just think that's ridiculous. Aiden Hutchinson is really good. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is the best player in this draft class, in my opinion. Does he have the highest ceiling? No, maybe not. Maybe a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau, a guy like Trayvon Walker, you know, guys like that maybe have higher ceiling, sure. But the floor on Aiden Hutchinson, I think, is so high. And he he's a guy who, I think, at worst, is going to be a solid, you know, let's say seven. You know, eight sacks per year. Just, just a guy who's going to get pressure. But at best, I think he can become a top ten edge rusher and and really a great player, depending where he goes. And I love him going to Detroit. And I think if Aiden Hutchinson is available there at number two, the Detroit Lions run that pick to the table, and, and they bring in Aiden Hutchinson, who who's going to fit that team immediately. He's going to fit the vibe. You know, he's Mich- he's from Michigan, like I said. I think him and Dan Campbell, that would be so awesome. And then to see him on hard knocks, I would love this pick. Uh, and the Lions need help at edge rusher. So it just it just makes too much sense for the Detroit Lions. And then on to the number three pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. And it's Kayvon Thibodeau to the Houston Texans. That's right. We got three straight edge rushers in a row here. And speaking of people, you know, getting low on on certain players and, and maybe trashing certain players, Kayvon Thibodeau was really going to be the number one pick in this draft for a long time. I mean, he was projected to be a number one pick before the NFL, uh, before the college football season started. And then, you know, he didn't perform this last year. He he had some injury issues and then uh, people are worried that he has other interests besides football, which is just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Kayvon Thibodeau is a phenomenal talent. Uh, again, probably has a ceiling higher than a guy like uh, Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, he he is built like a pass rusher. You 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 want a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau on your defensive line? You want him walking off the bus? Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau uh, goes to the Houston Texans, who who just need talent on their team. They're devoid they're void of talent. And uh, they need to go get a guy. So why not go get a guy who who I think has the the potential to be an elite pass rusher in 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 the NFL. And the off the field stuff, it's not even off the field stuff either. It sounds like you're you're acting like he's a criminal. He's not. And there are legit, legitimate criminals that enter the NFL every single year. And we're worried worried about a guy who just likes Bitcoin, just likes NFTs and stuff, and likes to have other hobbies. And and we did the same thing with Miles Garrett. And Miles Garrett ended up going number one, so it didn't net none of it really mattered. But people were like, Oh no, he likes poetry. He doesn't eat, breathe, sleep, and bleed and piss and, and crap football. And it's like guys are allowed to have other hobbies and still be awesome. And I think Kayvon Thibodeau has the absolute ability to be awesome and to be a Miles Garrett type player. Um, now if there's motivation issues actually on the field, those are da- those are real questions, but uh, you know, and and I think that's another concern for people. But I think if he's playing at his peak and, and he, you can get the most out of him, Kayvon Thibodeau can be an awesome player for the Houston Texans. I might have to start speeding through some of these. I don't want to make this a very long episode and I'm, I'm going quite deep into a lot of these. Um, at the, the number four selection, we have the New York Jets on the clock and they're going to take Ahmad Sauce Gardner the defensive back from Cincinnati. I talked about this one as well just a few, just yeah, a few weeks ago uh, or last week, I believe it was, when we were talking about draft picks that we'd love to see. Um, and I would love to see the New York Jets go get Sauce Gardner, go get you a number one corner. They have a tremendous need at the cornerback position. Um, so go and and get. Uh, a guy who can be a lockdown corner in the NFL. You know, he's got a guy with a ton of confidence, uh, and I think that's what that what 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 this defense needs. They need that guy who's who's got that chip on his shoulder, who's got that loud mouth, who's you know got that attitude, and, and can bring a little attitude to this defense because you know this team needs a lot of help. They they're they're not. Um, They're not uh, there yet. They're they're in a tough division. They're going to need to play some good defense. Ahmad Gardner can come in and do that for them. So Ahmad Gardner to the Jets just makes too much sense. Uh, He's the number one corner in this draft, according to a lot of people, including myself. So the Jets pick up a potential lockdown corner with the number four pick. And then on to the number five pick. And it's the other New York team, the New York Giants. And they take Evan Neal, the tackle out of alabama and i was torn between evan neal and the other ta- tackle Ikam kwanu uh on who and i think i had a going here for a long time and i and i went through this mock draft multiple 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 times to try and you know get the best mock draft i could possibly to get in and i think up until the very end i had ikan kwanu going here but i'm gonna go with evan neal um the the Giants have shown they have a liking for the big school guys like that. And they went and got Andrew Thomas just a few years ago. He started to develop after a, a tough rookie year. So go get Evan Neal to protect the other side. Um, a guy who's just an athletic freak. A phenomenal uh, pass blocker. And just, you know, he's he's a guy who's, who's ready to go. A plug-and-play tackle um, for Daniel Jones. And if you really believe in Daniel Jones, uh, why not protect him? So they go tackle. And then the draft gets very interesting. Uh, at number six, we have the Carolina Panthers. And this is where, I think this is where the draft, this this is where the draft, like I said, gets interesting. This is where it either goes one way or it goes another. And, it, and the question is, do the Carolina Panthers take a quarterback at number six? And I think it's very split every, everywhere. Everybody seems to be extremely split on whether... The, the Carolina Panthers will take a quarterback at number six. And if they do take a quarterback, who that quarterback will be? So at number six in my mock draft, I have the Carolina Panthers taking Kenny Pickett, the quarterback, out of Pittsburgh. Again, this is not what I would do. I'm not a huge Kenny Pickett guy. I don't trust any quarterback that wears two gloves, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm kidding, but... Kenny Pickett, not my favorite quarterback in this class. And I think a lot of people seem to be convinced, oh, Carolina Panthers are in on Baker Mayfield. They're obviously not going to select a quarterback. Oh, the Carolina Panthers are are doing work on other quarterbacks that are available in free agency, maybe Jimmy G or whatever. And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm hearing they're not going to take a quarterback. They're going to take a tackle. And they very well could. However, every year around this time, we get to the we get to the draft and everybody says, be careful what you talk be careful what you you know what you hear be careful what you listen to because it's lying season everybody's lying everybody's lying but yet when we get to the NFL draft every single year everybody seems to forget that everybody's lying and and to me I just see this all this as a lot of smoke screens for Carolina I think they're going to take a quarterback at number 6 and I think it's going to be Kenny Pickett because Kenny Pickett has that um, relationship with Matt Rule? Matt Rule uh, recruited him to go play at Temple. Um, he never Matt Rule. I think eventually went to Baylor, and then he never actually played at Temple. Kenny Pickett. So you know they don't have that. You know they don't they haven't played and coached together. But you know obviously at one point Matt Rule was in on on Kenny Pickett, and I think Kenny Pickett's you know he's a he's he's an all right quarterback. A lot of people think. He's the most pro ready. I don't know if that's totally the case, but but I have the Carolina Panthers taking him. And you know, I just don't. I just think that with an owner that's desperate for a franchise quarterback, with a team that's desperate, Matt Rule needs to win. Uh, maybe he just says, "Screw it, let's see if we can hit lightning in a bottle." Maybe Kenny Pickett's the guy, and he saves my job, and he makes me look good, and the owner's happy. So I I have Carolina taking a quarterback, and then at number seven. I have my very first trade and my very first i also mean only trade in this draft uh and i figured i'd throw a trade in here also because i think this trade makes a ton of sense and in i try to th- throw a trade in uh once in a while on am on my mock drafts because it only makes sense when do you ever have a first round that doesn't have a trade and i had i hadn't thrown in this trade until the very end i just went chalk i went no trades until the very end and boy, oh boy, does that one trade mess with everything! So at number seven, this is a pick that is originally held by the New York Giants, the the team that just picked Evan Neal a couple picks ago. They 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 got this pick from Chicago, who traded up for Justin Fields last year. So what better you know poetry than to have another team coming up to trade? For a quarterback. So I have at the number 7 pick. The Pittsburgh Steelers coming up. To take Malik Willis. The quarterback out of Liberty University. At number 7. The Pittsburgh Steelers see. Okay Kenny Pickett went at 6. We got to get in front of teams like Atlanta. Teams like Denver. uh, Sorry not Denver. Teams like Seattle. uh, Teams like Washington. Washington. Teams like you know even Minnesota or, or or the Houston picks and a couple more picks we got to get in front of those teams if we want to take the quarterback we want and the 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 Pittsburgh Steelers seem to be in on quarterbacks they're 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 at a lot of these quarterback pro days and and visits and they seem to be in on quarterbacks and my initial reaction to that was like oh they're just this is smoke screens they're just they're trying to make us think they're going to take a quarterback they're not actually going to take a quarterback but then I I sat back. And I really thought about it. And I thought about last year, and and there was a lot of, you know, rumors coming out. If Najee Harris is available for the Steelers, they will take Najee Harris. And we basically knew if Najee Harris was available for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they were going to take Najee Harris. And they ended up doing that exact same thing. So maybe, you know, there's a leak in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, and maybe. You know they're not as good at hiding what they want to do as as you may want from an NFL organization. So to me, I think they are gonna they're gonna go up and get Malik Willis, and I think they see Kenny Pickett go at six, and they're like, okay, it's time we got to go up and get Malik Willis, because um, I don't think they'll be able to get quite in front of. Uh, in front of carolina i don't think carolina is going to trade with them because carolina wants their quarterback there and they might think oh pittsburgh coming up to get uh, a quarterback from the university of pittsburgh potentially um so they come up they get malik willis and every year i kind of go in on one quarterback and and to me malik willis is the quarterback that i'm going in on uh in, in this year's draft I know he's got flaws. He's not accurate uh or not 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 that he's not accurate. He has accuracy issues and he plays in a very simple offense. He's he's not totally ready probably to run an NFL offense. But that's why this is perfect. Uh have him go in, sit behind our boy Mitch Birkie, sit behind him for a year or two, you know, just just sit him for a while. Let him learn the NFL game and you know, it seems like every single quarterback in this draft is is so boom or bust, and it's like you're swinging for the fences. Uh, you know, uh, you, you you're you're trying to do you're trying to find a diamond in the rough. And for me, if I if, if I am you know just swinging at a quarterback trying to find one that hits, I might as well swing for the fences. I might as well swing on a guy who's got all the tools. He's got a cannon for an arm, like a Josh Lo- a Josh Allen level arm. Like, he's got an incredible arm. He's got, you know, just so much velocity on the ball. And then he can run the heck out of the football, too. And he's not as big as Josh Allen. So I'm not comparing him to Josh Allen. But his his college uh, tape, his college career is very similar to a guy like Josh Allen. A small school guy who, who hasn't quite figured out the, you know, the the little intricacies of the of the, the sport yet. But just a guy who's so talented. And if you're going to swing on a guy, why not swing on a guy who... who has all these talents? Has all these these things that you just can't teach. You can't teach a guy to have a huge arm. You can't teach a guy to be this athletic. And to me, Malik Willis is the guy. I'm I'm going in on. I think Malik Willis will be great, especially if he if he goes to Pittsburgh. I think that's just a perfect situation for him. And we know Mike Tomlin's been talking so much about getting a an athletic quarterback, getting a quarterback that can run a mobile quarterback. So he gets his mobile quarterback. The Steelers get their quarterback in the future with Malik Willis. Uh, and yeah, it just, it just makes too much sense. And you want to talk about NFL ready. Uh, look at a guy like Jalen hurts who a lot of people thought wasn't a- NFL ready. And is he the best quarterback in the NFL? No, but I think a good way to, 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 to survive when you're not ready to be in the NFL is to be an athletic quarterback and I think that's exactly what Malik Willis can do. He, he can make plays with his legs uh, very similar to the way that Deshaun Watson did early in, in his career. Like a guy who, who, you know, he wasn't all there as a passer, but he just made explosive plays and he, and he got first downs when you need first downs as a rusher. And I think Malik Willis has that same potential, uh, in my opinion. So the Steelers, with the only trade I have, they go up and get Malik Willis. And then on to the Atlanta Falcons. I have them taking Garrett wilson the wide receiver the first wide receiver off the board certainly not the only wide receiver off the board in this in this mock draft the falcons they just need talent they have they're another one of these teams that is just completely void of talent and um they really need it and there's there's a lot of other positions that they need talent but they really really need it at wide receiver i mean they have nothing at wide receiver you look at their wide receiver uh room right now and it is nothing because calvin ridley is now suspended for the season so they need to go out and they need they need it they just need a guy that can play they need a guy that can start for them right now they have nobody at the wide receiver position so i think garrett wilson's the guy who's who's nfl ready he's ready to go a lot of people have him as as their number one receiver in this draft and even if you know somebody has like Jamison Williams, who we'll talk about in a bit, as their number one receiver, Garrett Wilson's a guy who is ready to play. Jamison Williams has injury issues, and the Falcons just need a guy who can play right now. And I think we've seen them go receiver uh, many times in the first round with Julio Jones and, and Calvin Ridley. I think was a first round pick. I could be wrong. I think he 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 might have been a second round pick, but they're not scared to go. Uh, receiver early so they go with garrett wilson and then on to the seattle seahawks and this is another interesting spot because this could be another potential place for a quarterback as well as atlanta that could have been a place for quarterback as well but i have the seattle seahawks going with Ikem ikwanu the tackle from north carolina state a lot of people think he's the best tackle in this draft class uh, I th- I believe the Seahawks when they say that they're they're in on the quarterbacks that they have. I also think that there's still a really good chance that Baker Mayfield ends up there. I I I, th- I think if if they're going to take anybody, they're gonna, probably going to take Malik Willis. Malik Willis is not there in this mock draft, so they go and get a tackle, and they're in desperate need of tackles. Dwayne Brown's not there anymore. They could potentially bring him back, but the, they need tackles on that roster, so they bring in I- Ikemekwunnu, who's a uh, great pass. Uh, sorry, a, go- a great run blocker, which is something that Pete Carroll very much values, the run game. So bring him in. He can be an instant starter for the Seattle Seahawks. And then on to the number 10 pick, and it's the second pick for the New York Jets, and it's Jameson Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama. And again, maybe this could be Debo Samuel here potentially, but uh, I don't have that as part of my mock draft. I don't want to get into the weeds of that. So I have them taking a receiver. They have a de- they definitely have a huge need at the wide receiver position. Um, go get you a guy who he, he might not be ready to play right away. That's okay. You have guys that can play there. Corey Davis, Elijah Mitchell. But get you a guy who's probably the fastest receiver in this draft class. Uh, a, a legit burner. A guy who can beat guys down the field. Get Zach Wilson... You know you're hoping that he'll develop. Get him a guy who can be that deep threat for him. He's got that cannon arm. Get him a guy who can who can catch those deep balls. Who can, who can make plays down the field. Jamison Williams makes too much sense to the Jets here at ten. And then we got the Washington football team taking safety Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. Kyle Hamilton. Once seen as, you know, a potential top five pick in this draft. He's kind of been sliding in a lot of boards lately and a lot of mock drafts lately. Um, but I'll, I've seen a lot of smoke about him potentially going to Washington if he's available. It makes sense. They, you know, they they already have a, a very talented defense. But when at this point, 11, you you kind of just, there's a lot of good players that are sliding. And you take what you think is the best player available. And it sounds like Washington's high on Kyle Hamilton, and there's been a lot made about him not running a very fast 40, and I, th- I think it's I, I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah uh oh man, I'm just gonna give him a compliment now. shoot. I've been insulting him this whole time, but no I, I really like Daniel Jeremiah and I was listening to him on on a podcast and he was talking about um what's more important like if if it, it, a guy who can run really fast uh, or a guy who's got great instinct. And it's like Kyle Hamilton ran a 4 7 40, which is not the fastest 40-yard dash. But if, if, say, me and you, the listener of this podcast, say you run a faster 40-yard dash. So you're, you're, you got, you're quicker. But I'm able to react much quicker to what's going on in the field. So I'm two steps ahead by the time you get running. Well, if that's the case, then, then I, I'm, I'm making the play. Because you're you're behind, despite you being faster than me. I think that's so key with Kyle Hamilton. He's got great awareness. He makes plays just from one end of the field to the other. And I think he he's a guy who's who's got that great instinct and and it just makes sense for Washington at eleven. And then we have the Minnesota Vikings at number twelve. And this to me is a dream scenario for the Minnesota Vikings because Derek Stingley Jr. is still on the board. This is a guy who's been shooting up boards. Uh, well he was really Three years ago, a lot of people thought he was going to be a top three pick, maybe a number one pick. Like he was one of the greatest corners we've ever seen in college football. Uh, but his his injuries and, and, and lack of production the last two years, they really took a hit. But then in this draft process with all his pro day workouts and, and people seeing just how talented he really is, he shot up a lot of boards. And I really th- I thought he was going to go top 10. But the, with the way the board is falling, especially with that quarterback trade, and two quarterbacks going in the top 10, uh, Derek Stingley's still here at number 12. And, and to me, the Vikings, they need help at corner. Uh, have him go in, uh, learn behind Patrick Peterson, also another LSU defensive back. Just makes too much sense. They they need help there. Uh, a couple of years ago, they drafted Jeff Gladney, who's, who had legal troubles and is no longer there. Uh, go and get you a corner that can shoot up that defense. And yeah, it just makes too much sense. Derek Stingley can be a number one uh, shutdown corner, just like I think Sauce Gardner, if he if he puts it all together. So Derek Stingley going to Minnesota. I think this is a fantastic pick for the Vikings uh, because Malik Willis, who I would have loved for them to pick, like I talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago, would have loved for them to pick Malik Willis. But instead, uh, they get Derek Stingley Jr. And that is... Uh, A great consolation prize, in my opinion. And then we go on to Houston. The Houston Texans take Charles Cross, the tackle from Mississippi State. Uh, The Texans can go basically anywhere. Charles Cross is a guy who's loved by a lot of people. I'm not going to act like I'm an offensive line guru. I don't know much about the offensive line, but he's still here. Um, They took, with the first pick, they took Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, So now they go the other side of the ball and they get a tackle to either line up Opposite of Laramie Tunsil, or or if Laramie Tunsil all of a sudden gets traded or cut or or, or something, what's there's you know rumors about that? You have him replace Laramie Tunsil, and uh, I don't know if they believe in Davis Mills, but if they do, why not uh, protect him a little bit more? And and then you have two really good tackles uh, in in Laramie Tunsil and Charles Cross, and then on to pick number fourteen, uh, we have the Baltimore Ravens on the clock. And this is one of my favorite picks in the first round. The Baltimore Ravens pick, Tyler Linden, Linderbaum, the center from Iowa. And this, to me, is picture perfect. Uh, I had really the, the Ravens going one of two ways here. And in Tyler Lindenbaum, Linderbaum just makes too much sense. They need help at the center position. They're, it's one of their weakest uh, links on that team. They're a team that loves to run the ball. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum is a a great run blocker, great mover in space. Uh, A lot of people compare him to a Jason Kelsey. And if he can be that for this Baltimore Ravens team, it's picture perfect. And I just think that this would be such a great selection that I really want to see it happen. And I think it just makes so much sense for a team that loves to run the ball. uh, And and really, it's, it's a necessity for them to run the ball with the quarterback that they have uh there in Lamar Jackson. So Tyler Linderbaum to the Ravens. It just makes too much sense. And then on to the Philadelphia Eagles at number 15 as we try to speed things up a bit in this mock draft. I got the Philadelphia Eagles taking wide receiver Drake London out of the Uni- University of Southern California. Um, the third wide receiver off the board, Drake London. He's a big, tall, lanky guy. The best jump ball receiver in this draft. He can be a legit number one wideout, and I think he would be such a great complement to what Devonte Smith is. Devontae Smith is this fantastic route runner, this guy who can get open underneath and create plays there. And then you got Drake London, a guy who can make plays down the field. He's athletic enough to get down the field. Um, you know, he might not be the 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 crispest, uh, you know, smoothest route runner but he's a guy who can just go up and get the ball be that safety blanket for jalen hurts makes too much sense drake london you you know the philadelphia eagles have a real need at wide receiver so they go and they get drake london from usc and then at number 16 we have the new orleans saints going with chris olave who's one of my favorite receivers in this draft class a guy. Similar to a guy like I just talked about with with Avante Smith who can just, you know, a great route runner, gets open underneath, not the most athletic guy in the world, but just a guy who knows how to get open. A guy who, who can who can uh, make plays for you. You draft him, you line him up alongside another former Ohio State receiver in Michael Thomas, and you make life a heck of a lot easier on Jameis Winston or... Potentially a rookie quarterback. Who are you take in this mock draft? Who knows? Uh, you you get you get either either one. You get them help. They need help at the wide receiver position. This is still a really good roster, and if they draft the right pieces, they could still compete. Um, why don't we take just a small little break? I'm gonna catch my breath, maybe get a drink of water. We're now halfway through this mock draft, uh, so I will catch you guys on the other side with the second half of the. Average Joe, 2022, whatever, NFL mock draft, whatever you want to call it. We'll catch you on the other side. And we're back with the second half of my mock draft. So just to sum things up so far, we got Trayvon Walker going one, Aiden Hutchinson two, Kayvon Thibodeau, Ahmad Garner four to the Jets. The Giants take Evan Neal at five, Kenny Pickett, and Malik Willis go back to back to the to the Panthers and Steelers. Garrett Wilson, the first receiver at the bo- off the board, to the Atlanta Falcons. Ika McQuanu going to the Seattle Seahawks. Jamison Williams, the second receiver off the board, to the New York Jets. Kyle Hamilton goes to Washington. Derek Stingley falls all the way to Minnesota at twelve. Uh, Charles Cross to Houston at 13. Tyler Linder- Linderbaum goes to the Baltimore Ravens at 14. Drake London at 15 to the Eagles. And then Chris Olave rounded out our first half uh, of the draft, going to the New Orleans Saints. Next up, we have the Los Angeles Chargers at 17. And I have them going. Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington. There's been a lot of smoke about them going. Uh, defensive back uh, in the first round, they went and got J.C. Jackson. They already got uh, Asante Samuel Jr. there, um, so go out and get you another versatile guy. A guy can play on the outside, or he can play in the slot wherever you need him. Uh, just bolster up that defense that was not good enough last year. They already got Khalil Mack. Bring in Trent McDuffie. It makes makes a lot of sense. So Trent McDuffie going to the Los Angeles Chargers, and and they're building a team there in Los Angeles. They they could really be a competitive team. Uh, but then we have the Philadelphia Eagles with their second first-round pick, uh, number 18 in the draft. We, they went Drake London with their first pick. They're going to go Jordan Davis, uh, the defensive tackle out of Georgia with their second pick, a guy who uh, a lot of people have, you know, projected going higher than this. And I think it's because he's an incredible athlete. Uh, I don't know how much people value uh nose tackles in the NFL but he is he is incredible you know he's 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 just um what literally the greatest athlete in the history of the NFL essentially if you if you if you account size uh, as well as athleticism he's just a monster of a man 6'3 341 and like he ran so fast and he's just he's just an incredible incredible athlete uh and and get him to go to Philadelphia who is a team that can really develop defensive linemen? And Fletcher Cox, he just signed a new one-year deal to return there, but he's not going to be playing for much longer. Uh, bring in Jordan Davis to be that replacement. Again, not not the same player, but a, a guy who who I think could really develop into something special uh, once you once you get get him acclimated to the league. And a lot of people are worried about can he stay on the field long enough to be effective in the league. And I th- I think you can find a way to do that. Whether you you hook him up to you know, hook him up with a some sort of program. You know, you get his cardio or his endurance up. Uh, or, or And I'm not even sure if it's that bad. You know, I'm not an expert on all that. But have him go to Philadelphia. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, I keep saying it makes a lot of sense because all my picks make a lot of sense. I wouldn't make the picks if they didn't make sense. On to the next pick that makes a ton of sense. And it is the third quarterback going off the board. And it's Matt Corral, the quarterback out of Mississippi. Going to the New Orleans Saints with their second pick in the first round, they went Chris Olave just a few picks ago, and now they get a guy who will be throwing to Chris Olave, and it's Matt Corral. And I, this was me kind of being a conspiracy theorist with this with this pick. Matt Corral, he's going to the draft, uh, and not everybody goes to the draft. A lot of people sit out in the draft, and nobody wants to be the guy that's sitting around, you know, draft night and has to wait until round two, has to come back and get selected in the second round. And just, it just looks bad. It just, you know, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Brady McCoy, uh, Brady McCoy, <laughs> Brady Quinn. I got Brady Quinn and Colt McCoy's names mixed up. Um, you don't want to be though. I mean, you do want to be Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, in in the draft situation and Aaron Rodgers ended up going late in the first round. But if Matt Corral's there, part of me is like, some teams got to be telling him, "Hey, we're gonna pick you if you're there." And he's got to have like I feel like he might have a guarantee from a team. You, we're gonna pick you. So the Saints, they you know he's a guy. He's a guy who can go in and sit behind Jameis Winston. He doesn't have to play right away. Jameis Winston's still an effective quarterback. Uh, go in and get a Mac who got injured there at the end of uh, I think in the bowl game there for Mississippi. Go get a guy with a, a a great arm. He's got a good arm. Uh, hasn't He isn't quite ready to you know play. He played at a, in a very simple offense uh, there with Lane Kiffin in Mississippi, um, sort of like a one read type of situation. But he can get the ball out quick. Uh, you know he's not the biggest dude, but he's got a he's got a great release. Gets the ball out quick. And who does that sound like? It sounds like Drew Brees, who had an incredible amount of success there. And I know Sean Payton's not there anymore, but Matt Corral. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. Again, makes a lot of sense, man. Just makes a lot of sense for Matt Corral to go to the New Orleans Saints. And then on to, we'll try to speed this up a little bit. It's almost an hour. I can can, almost not believe every time how long I can just blabber on and on. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a short episode because it's just me. Psych. I just start talking and talking and talking. But the New York Jets at number, or sorry, New York Giants at number 20 pick, George Karloftis, the edge rusher out of Purdue. The Giants need some edge rush help. George Karloftis was essentially, you know, he was really seen as a potential number one pick before the season started. Uh, Great power rusher, big, strong dude. uh, Make an impact there on on a pretty talented um, defense that now has Don Wink Martindale as the defensive coordinator. And then on to the Patriots at number 21. And I have them going Devin Lloyd at linebacker and i know they could go receiver they have a need at wide receiver but i can totally see bill belichick just saying okay we got Devonte parker we don't need a receiver we're fine there they go get a linebacker and i think linebacker is so important to the patriot system dante hightower was so important to them for so many years and he's gone now uh so you go uh, and you get his replacement in Devin lloyd uh just yeah it it it, it I was gonna, I was. literally about to say, it just makes sense. I, I wonder how many picks I've said it just makes sense. Uh, But it just makes sense for the Patriots to go linebacker at 21. And then we have 22. I have the Green Bay Packers taking a wide receiver. Packers fans, don't worry. You're taking a wide receiver. And it's George Pickens, the wide receiver out of Georgia, uh george pickens is a guy who didn't play most of last year because of injury i think he's got some off the field issues and, and if it wasn't for all of that i think he would be uh he could potentially be the best receiver in this draft class i mean he's really talented he's a heck of a blocker he's got some highlight tapes of hinges embarrassing guys uh, but he's a big receiver he's six three 195 pounds he's a great athlete And again, if it wasn't for the the off-the-field issues and and injury problems, he could potentially be the first receiver off the board. Uh, So I I think the Packers, look, they see, hey, we can get uh, a potential number one receiver in George Pickens. So they go and get George Pickens uh, to replace Devontae Adams. And then we go on to the Arizona Cardinals. I have them taking Zion Johnson, the guard out of Boston College. What was the biggest problem for Kyler Murray the last two seasons? He gets injured. Protect him more and I know he runs so maybe you know but I think he's really good at protecting himself as well that's the thing I don't think it's totally his fault that he's getting hurt it's it's his offensive line so go get him a guard Zion Johnson out of Boston College um, there for the Arizona Cardinals and then on to the Dallas Cowboys they go offensive line as well they need offensive line help um, they no longer have Lael Collins Connor Williams is in Miami now um, so you go and take Bernard Raymond, the tackle, out of Central Michigan. PFF really high on Bernard Raymond. They think he could be a he. They, he is has the talent of a of a top ten pick. So the Cowboys, they we've seen them throughout the years. They very much value the offensive line in drafting first round offensive linemen. So they go get Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan, and then on to the Buffalo Bills, and they take running back Brees. Hall out of Iowa State. That's right, I'm buying into the hype of the Bills taking a running back. Um what do we see oftentimes teams that and this is this is something that I've said on the podcast, I believe, uh, throughout throughout the throughout the years, I guess now I can say. Um I don't love taking a running back in the first round, especially if it's like Saquon Barkley at two, like like the Giants did. Like, if you're a team that just is is bad, taking a running back in, in the first round doesn't make any sense. But if you're a team like the Buffalo Bills, who have one of the best rosters in the NFL, uh, take a guy like Brees Hall, a dual-threat running back, a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield, be the best runner you got on your team, go take him, and, and he can just enhance your offense. We saw the Chiefs try to do it a few years ago with Clyde edwards helaire That did not work. Clyde edwards helaire has not been good so far for them. But Brees Hall, I think, is a much better player than, than Clyde Edwards-Elaire. And we saw, like, little hints. You know, we saw Buffalo try to go out and get uh, J.D. McKissick from Washington. He agreed to a contract with them, ended up backing out. Um, you know, so go and get you a guy who can't back out your contract bills. Go get Brees Hall. and I think that would make this offense even more scary. So scary. Uh, And speaking of scary, let's move on to the Tennessee Titans. And I have them taking Devontae Wyatt, the uh, interior edge rusher, or the interior edge rusher. That makes no sense at all. That's fantastic. The interior pass rusher uh, from the University of Georgia, another Georgia guy off the board. Um, You can never have enough pass rushers. uh, And they, they could use some more on the interior. And they already got like a record number of sacks on Joe Burrow in um in the playoffs this past season uh this is another team that could be a sleeper for a quarterback you know I, I i wouldn't be totally stunned i think it'd be really fun to see them potentially go quarterback but Devonte wyatt um he's a he's a guy from that georgia defense can't go wrong there take him pass rusher and then on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they go Jermaine Johnson an edge rusher from Florida. This is a guy who's gotten a lot of pop lately. He's a guy who's rising up boards um, JPP is not there right now. Maybe he comes back eventually. I don't think he's signed anywhere. I could be wrong. but I don't think he's signed anywhere Jermaine Johnson go get you an edge rusher. How did they win their Super Bowl a couple years ago? Well, they got Tom Brady but, but, but they also had an incredible pass rush so go get Jermaine Johnson uh, to to replace JPP and, and team up with um, Joe Tryon and Shaq Barrett. You can never have enough pass rushers, especially if you're a good team. I think that's what good teams do. They bring in pass rushers and they bring in offensive linemen. And that leads me to my next pick. And that's the Green Bay Packers, a good team, bringing in Trevor Penning, the tackle from Northern Iowa. This is a nasty nasty dude uh, he's he's aggressive he's trying to beat beat dudes up at the Pro Bowl or pff, Pro Bowl senior Bowl um, you know a lot of people think that he could potentially play guard the Packers have needs uh, on the offensive line go get Trevor Penning help protect Aaron Rodgers um, and then you package that with with George Pickens and it's, it's a pretty good draft for the Green Bay Packers and then we move on to the Kansas City Chiefs and they go wide receiver Traylon Burks um, out of Arkansas, and this could potentially be a steal. A lot of people really had Traylon Burks as like their number one uh, wide receiver in this draft. Not that long ago, he didn't test as good as people had hoped, but we saw Patrick Mahomes saying, "Hey, we want to get bigger guys at the wide receiver position. We want to get bigger uh, now that Tyreek Hill's not there." Um, so go get Traylon Burks. He's a big dude. Almost too big. I think he struggles with weight issues, but he's 6'2", 225, an explosive uh, playmaker um, there at um, there at uh, Arkansas. And then you get a re- another receiver. Uh, it just it just makes sense uh, again. It just makes sense uh, for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. They they have a need at receiver, but I don't think they're desperate. I don't think they get desperate. But but Traylon Burks falling to you. I think is is a phenomenal situation for the chiefs and then they pick again at 30 and they go andrew booth jr the cornerback from clemson Uh, he's a guy who's struggled with some injuries and and, and, you know he's not all the way there but he's he's a big corner a guy who can come in and and if you can develop him right and i think the kansas city chiefs have done a decent job at actually developing uh secondary uh pieces We saw that we've seen them do it a couple times uh, with Deligerius Sneed and and others like that. Um, So bring in Andrew Booth. Uh, Maybe you can develop him into a number one uh, corner and uh, help a defense that is really the weak point of your roster. And then on to the 31, number 31 pick in the 2022 NFL draft. And I have the Bengals taking Tyler Smith, the tackle out of Tulsa. They just keep building on the O-line. They need O-line help. Just makes sense. Tyler Smith is there. Go take him. He can be a tackle or a guard, whatever you need him to be. Uh, yeah, just do it again. It just makes sense. And then on to the number 32, the final pick in the first round, the final pick of my mock draft. Could the Lions take a quarterback? Could somebody come up and trade for a quarterback? Potentially, yes. This could be a spot for a quarterback. However, I have the Lions taking linebacker Nakobe Dean out of Georgia another Georgia defender um go out and get you a guy who can be the leader of that defense I I love Nakobe Dean I can't believe he's falling this far I think some people have him falling out of the first round I think Nakobe Dean's like an incredible playmaker a guy that flies around the field a guy with great um awareness and and, and you know a guy who can just make plays for your defense he just fits Fits what what Dan Campbell's looking for. So go get N'Kobe Dean uh, if you're the Detroit Lions. So that wraps up my 2022 NFL mock draft. So why don't we recap the second half? We did the first half already. So we have Trent McDuffie going to 17 uh, to the Los Angeles uh, Chargers. We have the Eagles at 18 taking Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle out of Georgia. Matt Corral. The third quarterback off the board going to the New Orleans Saints at 19. And then 20, George Karloftis, the edge rusher uh, to the New York Giants. And then Devin Lloyd, the linebacker at 21 to the Patriots. And then the Packers finally taking a wide receiver. George Pickens out of Georgia at 22. 23, we got the Cardinals going Zion, Johnson, get Kyler Murray. Some more help there at the guard position. Bernard Raymond going to the Dallas Cowboys at 24. Brees Hall going to the Buffalo Bills at 25. Devontae Wyatt uh, strengthening that Tennessee Titans pass rush that's already so good. And then the another pass rusher off the board, Jermaine Johnson to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Trevor Penning, uh, the offensive tackle, to the Green Bay Packers. Traylon Burks falls all the way to the Chiefs at 29. Andrew Booth then goes to the Chiefs as well at 30. Tyler Smith uh, to the Bengals at 31, and then Nakobe Dean uh, rounds out the first round of my near perfect mock draft. Near perfect mock draft. The only thing that's not perfect about it is that it hasn't happened yet, and I and I haven't been proven right. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously, but that's going to wrap up this week's show. I hope you guys enjoyed me just rambling and rambling about the NFL draft and if you did, please subscribe uh, leave us a five star rating that'd be so sick if you'd leave us a five star rating leave us a review um, Mike will hopefully be on uh, next week as well so you won't have to just hear me out of breath just just talking and talking and talking, getting so excited. Um, but yeah leave us a five star rating tune in every week for new episodes um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, Mike's making TikToks over there. I'm not really in on the TikTok game, but he's killing it. Uh, follow us on those at underscore Average Joe Show. And um, the draft is this week. Looking forward to it. Uh, might have a little bit of a late ap- late upload next week because of the way the draft is. We usually record on Thursdays. Not gonna work uh, because the draft is this Thursday. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but until then, I will catch you guys on the next one.